0: What can Pat Shermer do for Odell Beckham? Was David Carr's down year simply because of his bad back? And which Packers running back is the one to get in February drafts? Plus, the 2017 Football Guys Players Championship fourth-place finisher Richard Mallon joins us to discuss best ball strategy, his most important lesson he learned in his first year in the FFPC, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Richard Mallon is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts. What more can I say? We Uh, top uh, billing it. Valiant without billing then viciously found victory Burnt towns and villages Burning loot and pillaging. Murderers try to hurt us. We curse them and all that children I just want the bread and bologna bundles to talk away I don't work for free I am barely giving a f*** away Hotel begging Johnny and mommy to get the f*** away hey, Yo, here's a gun, son Now run, get it the gut away Thanks a lot, Rob. Greetings and salutations, all you bulkaholics and X. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and tonight I want to bring in our guest right away. He is a five-time R League champion, a wearer of no badges, the uh, second place finisher in a two-man beauty contest and the fourth place finisher and $11,000 winner in the 2017 Football Guys Players Championship. Please welcome Richard Mallon. Thanks for coming on the show this week, Rich. We really appreciate it.
2: Hi, thanks for inviting me. I've been playing fantasy football for over 30 years. Back in the day when you had to use the USA Today to find the scores on Monday and Tuesday. Um, it's nice to be talking to The USA to Today.
0: You know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly, and, and I'll tell you this, the USA Today was, like, the go-to for, like, I can't tell you how many people have come on this show, and, you know, they've been playing 20, 30 years, or whatever it is, that was, like, the go-to newspaper for fantasy stats, it was always the USA Today, and, uh, I, you know, honestly, I kind of remember, I, I remember it a little bit, but I am a little bit younger, uh, so, I, you know, I'm, I'm you know, kind of was, was more in the internet age of where they did the stats for it, I had to do the stats for my first leagues when I was running in high school, and it was a pain, man. I know what you mean.
2: Yeah, the USA today was great. It was only where you didn't know if you won after Sunday's games and Monday night game. So you had to get the USA today. And uh, actually, like Wednesday, they had a big spread. And it, was like, it was basically like a little fantasy football magazine. Um, those were the times. Now everybody's got the information.
0: Yeah, that is totally true. There's a lot, there's a wealth of it out there. We're going to bring some information uh, to the listeners on the show tonight. We're going to talk about what the Bengals offense could look like next season, how David Johnson should fit into your 2018 draft strategy, uh, and uh, much more. There's a lot more to get to on the show tonight. Shout out to the chat room right now. Feel free to post any questions. You all might have in there. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, you can do so. The show is at HSFFR. I am at Eric Balkman. Uh, Dave is at David Gerzak. And Rich, you can find him on Twitter at Mallentown. Uh, You can also post on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash HSFFR. If you want to give us a call and talk with us tonight, feel free to do so. 347-426-3682. That's 347 game over. You can also email the show at the inbox, highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us, now is the time to send them. We'll get to uh, all the chat room questions, tweets, and emails in the fantasy feedback segment uh, later on in the show. I uh, want to bring up one quick thing before we start talking to Rich and pick his brain, talk about how great his 2017 season was. Uh, if you are looking to jump in to the uh, Dynasty high-stakes fantasy football space, uh, there are a ton of orphan teams. Uh, still probably about two or three dozen of them left um, at myffpc.com slash dynasty. Check that out. All the players, all the picks listed, uh, as well as a suggested uh, offer. You can make that, that offer. You can come in lower on that if you want to, uh, you know, make an offer on some of these orphan teams. We will not be starting any more maiden uh, dynasty drafts until all these orphans are taken. Um, there's, you know, I don't think there's too many 77 and $250 teams out there, but there's some 500 some 750s, uh, some 1250 some 2500s, and uh, the discounts are steep, so check those out at myffpc.com slash dynasty. Uh, Rich, it's uh, been a pleasure uh, having you on tonight. Let's actually talk some fantasy football here when you are not winning $11,000 in the Football Guys Players Championship. Tell us what you're doing for a living.
2: Oh, okay. I'm a Philadelphia Local 13 Boilermaker and entrepreneur, and I uh, do some squatching.
0: I'm sorry, some Some what? Some squatching some squatching okay so th- yeah, this squatching is actually don't you what, for you to yeah, no, yeah you no, go no, out,
2: you're and you're the, out looking, looking yeah for you go foot. out in the wildlands and you look you're looking for evidence of uh, you know skunk apes and swamp apes and maybe some hairy boogers but layman's terms what, are what, uh, layman's term that would
0: be your uh, bigfoot and your sasquatch yeah what what's what's uh, do you have a what was the most exciting thing that happened to you when you're out squatching uh, when I'm out squatching,
2: the most exciting thing was, I'm in Pennsylvania. I know that, you know, in West, Wisconsin, they don't have as many because of the cold. But in right, Pennsylvania, yeah. you, you, there's a lot of a lot of open-wooded areas there. And the most exciting thing was, uh, we were going squatching, and we saw all these, you know, bald people. And we said, they can't be squatches, And we almost walked into a camp with skinheads. So you got to be careful when you're squatching. <laughs>
0: Well, listen, if I ever get to Pennsylvania and I, I'm going to go out and do some squatching, then I am looking you up and making sure you are right by my side uh, for doing that. I, I don't want to get into anything I shouldn't be doing.
2: Yeah, that's great. If you do go by yourself, though, once you see the Trump signs, that's that's the danger area.
0: <laughs> I got it. I'll make a mental note of that. I want to uh, talk about your uh, your your football guys' players championship team. You had a bunch of them, including one that went undefeated in the regular season, but the one I want to talk to you about uh, was the, uh, the one that took fourth place overall in the FPC. You cashed uh, $11,000 for, uh, for that uh, particular achievement, and a trio of big-time stars this past year headlined this team. You had DeAndre Hopkins on it. You had Todd Gurley and Kareem Hunt in the backfield. I'm curious with all the teams that you had this year. Did you own a lot of those three guys uh, this past season? And if so, uh, or if you own a significant amount of them, what was, you know, as far as their ADP goes, as far as where, what you had to sink into drafts to get them, what made them so attractive uh, relative to the guys that were going around them in drafts this year?
2: Okay. What I, what I do is I look at undervalued players. And, and the way you get the undervalued players, if a player had a bad year last year, right, but they're, pretty, they're still pretty young and they have a history of, of, of good years before that, you might be able to grab some. It, it all depends on the draft. Like Hopkins and Gurley, I was able to grab in second and third round over and over again. And I, when I picked them, it wasn't like Earl. It wasn't like late picks like eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. It was usually usually around. You know, if I had the second, third, or fourth pick in the draft, I could come back and grab both of those guys on a lot of teams, and that's what I did.
0: And like, and I'm curious too because. Let's, let's specifically Todd Gurley. Um, we've talked on this show about certain running backs. Going to new offenses, uh, new teams. Now this that, that didn't really happen to Gurley, but he did get a new head coach, a you know a new offense uh, with the Rams this past year as Sean McVay, and he was coming off a down year. Now you said you're getting Gurley a lot in that third round area. Why? I mean, what, yes. what, was it just the fact that he was a young guy coming off a bad year that you're like, okay, look, this guy's too bad to be this bad again, or too good to be this bad again? He's getting for a massive 2017.
2: Yeah, definitely. He was too good. I I had him on some teams in the first year. I didn't get him many in the second year because he went so high. But uh, Gurley, Justly, like, he has, he's a talent running back. And Hopkins, very talented. Like uh, Gurley, bad coach second year. Hopkins, bad quarterback. I figured Winston, he couldn't go. You know, he couldn't be worse than what they had. And and. I just look at the, they're supremely talented people just in a bad situation for the one year. And they, uh, people, people push them down. They really take too much of what happened last year and, and apply that, that the exact same thing's going to happen this year.
0: Rich, take us through uh, Week 16, That those Sunday and Monday games, that Monday night game, that Raiders-Eagles game. Uh, your team was fighting for the 250k, right up at the top of the leaderboard of more than 7,000 teams. I'm curious how you spent that Sunday, how you spent that Monday night watching your team.
2: Yeah, I did the same thing I do every Sunday because I play a lot of daily too. You know, I'm watching the games. I, I had, a, I had a better chance before the uh, final week, and they, the teams dropped off a little bit. I had a, I had a, I the, the team that came in fourth. I had Devonnie Adams on and he got, he got injured. So my backup was Sanders and he was injured. So I had to play Richardson. So I was like this team, you know, when you get that far and you're going against so many people, you're thinking, all right, it'd be really hard for this team to, to win it all based on, you know, looking at the teams that had it and seeing they have some similar players. And I also had Roethlisberger, um, which he took a little hit with, uh, with Brown being out. So, I'm looking at it. And I'm figuring I got a, I got a chance to finish top ten. I really didn't think I'd win the whole thing, and uh, I had a second team. The second team, Dolphin Tail, it came in uh, came in top thirty, and I had a, I thought I had a real good shot with that team too, and I figured they they got a chop, top you know chance for top fifteen, but but they had uh, that team had Jeffries on. I took a big goose egg, but I really can't complain because the other teams behind me. For my team that came in fourth, the badges, we don't need no sinking badges. Um, a lot of teams behind me had one player left of that Monday night, and they either had Cra- Crabtree or Jenkins. Both of them put, took the big zero. So, <laughs> in the end, it helped out, and I ended up holding on to fourth place.
0: Yeah, that had to be pretty – it's just – that was so surreal watching that game. You were talking about uh, this with uh, Greg Zwickel who won the uh... – uh, FFPC main event a couple weeks ago on the show and, and he just said how bizarre it was you know seeing this, this game with you know two you'd say like upper echelon offenses at least that you know Oakland had the talent certainly they, the the, uh, the output didn't match up with what we expected this season but guys like Michael Crabtree, Amari Cooper, uh, you know, Alshon Jeffrey. And I know the wind had, had a significant role in it, but there is, man, there's a couple of plays in that Raiders Eagles game could have shifted the fantasy season for a lot of people. And the ball just, uh, bounced a different way as is, uh, it is want to do in the NFL. Uh, Rich, you, you really went hard in your uh, first year playing in the FFPC as you joined a bunch of different leagues with formats, uh, you know, that were, that were different with one season under your belt, uh, in the fantasy football players' championship. What was the most important lesson you learned competing at this level and, and you know, dealing with the tight end premium scoring, the double flex? Uh, what was the most important thing you learned? Well,
2: I was a rookie in, in, in the league, but I'm like a 30 year old playing rookie, you know, playing for 30 years. Right. Yep. So, look, yes. but the, Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, the most important lesson I learned is. Play less. You, know, you guys might not like that answer, <laughs> but it, it takes a no, lot of time if you why. want to. Do, no, if you want to do well, it it does. It takes you a lot of time. So basically, what I'm going to do is I'm going to probably trade in a lot of them three hundred and fifty dollar teams to for your eighteen hundred dollar teams, and uh, play less total teams. Maybe not less total dollars. So on your side, it will still be good. <laughs> uh, I might also rethink when I uh, do some drafts. About my, uh, I don't take a second quarterback a lot of times, and I might rethink that because uh, no, no one was drafting Wentz, and so nobody was drafting Watson or Golf. And usually in a draft, it's a twelve-team draft. Usually around twenty quarterbacks are taken. So there's, there's, there's usually three or four teams that only go one quarterback, and I go one quarterback a lot. But if you did, I might change my thinking just because if you did go, and I usually go quarterback late, so I'll, I'll wait till. I'll wait till 10, 11 teams are taking their quarterback before I grab a quarterback. And with my using that strategy, it probably makes more sense that I do take a second quarterback, like in the 19th or 20th round. And like I said, if you did do that, you could have had a really good shot because uh, Wentz and uh, Goff, they weren't drafted. Deshaun Watson wasn't drafted. And, and in fact, Wentz, Wentz, Wentz I think, ended up third in points per game. And Deshaun Watson was just, like, crazy. He was, he was, like, either second or first in points per game. And Goff was uh, very respectable at ninth in points per game.
0: That's interesting because I think a lot of people will, you know, especially the zero RB people, will always, you know, draft those receivers and get a tight end early and then sort of, you know, pound those running backs in the mid-rounds, you know, just trying to, um, to, to, to latch on to, like, a Kareem Hunt or an Alvin Kamari, you know, guys that really came through being drafted at that level and that's something that you can actually replicate in the second half of your draft if you do wait on quarterback to even you know round 12 round 13 or whatever it is you could have got Carson Wentz and Deshaun Watson you could have got Carson Wentz and Jared Goff or Goff and Watson you know there's so many other quarterbacks that went low that finished as top 10 options this year that it made a lot of sense uh to take those you know throw those darts at quarterbacks in the second half of drafts too that's something that that I think uh, is not talked about a lot. That's a good point that you bring up, and 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 this leads into my next question, Rich, because you mentioned you, you had a lot of teams, uh, and, and it was it was a lot of work. Were you um, were, were you um, uh, you know getting any help uh, managing these teams as far as lineup setting, as far as uh, bidding on on free agents on the waiver wires? What were those? What was Wednesday night? What was Sunday morning like for you? <laughs>
2: Sunday Sundays are always always busy, so uh, I go camping. With, I go camping on the weekends, and I, I and it since it's so close to the house, the campground I go to, it, I usually I usually tell her I'll see you after the first game starts because I leave my wife up there and I drive back home, because you really have to you really have to be in front of the computer to make your changes, right? And not just not just in your leagues, but in all the different leagues that you could play on. And if you get a late second, you know guys out, you got to be ready to make changes. But as to your question, um, it's probably easy as fixing a garage door opener. Open, you know. I never get any help from anybody. I I, if I like them, I draft them. If you know, that's the way I go with that. It's all me. Well.
0: Okay, well, and let's talk about um, you know uh, these drafts too, that because you did so many of them. Were you ever concerned about when you were you know making a, a, you know doing a draft and, and you're taking a guy in the third round, fourth round, seventh round, eighth round? And you're like, wow, I you know I've gotten a lot of this guy this year. Um, you know, I if, if he goes down, my teams are going to be in trouble. Was there any ever any concern with you with that, or did you not mind grabbing up a lot of you know guys? Um, you know, in, in a bunch of your leagues, guys like Ty Gurley, Hopkins, Kareem Hunt. I'm, I would assume that you would have loved to have on as many teams as possible this year. What's what's sort of your philosophy when you're doing this many teams?
2: Well, my philosophy is I I just go by what I think is the best player, and if I end up with a lot of them, I end up with a lot of them. I don't uh, I don't I don't really do that. It's sort of like insurance where you you're insuring against yourself for a bad pick. But uh, and it, I might do that with kickers after I had some uh, problems in the beginning of the season having a kicker that was on a that, that bye because of uh, the hurricane or, or maybe a kicker
0: gets caught or something. So I might do that this year. I learned that lesson. Um, yeah, and, like, I think the, the, you don't really look back on – you know, because you got to trust – you've got to get your guys, which I've always said on this show – you got to trust in in your um your pre-draft analysis you have to believe in in the guys that you're taking and if you believe in Todd Gurley in one or two drafts well why not believe in him in 12 you know uh, if if DeAndre Hopkins is good enough to make four teams for you why can't he make eight teams you know it's just if if you have the belief in these guys i don't think there's anything wrong with uh loading up on them and obviously you can't really predict injuries uh if, you know that's just something you deal with but anybody who drafted the three guys we talked about the most so far tonight, was certainly happy with how their 2017 ended up. Uh, As far as 2018 goes, best ball season, the uh, 28-round draft expert leagues uh, that we have, uh, it's just around the corner. We'll be starting uh, stuff up with the FFPC probably like the week after the Super Bowl, uh, somewhere in that uh, neighborhood. And Rich, do you envision yourself making any tweaks or changes to your draft philosophy in that specific format, where there are no waivers through the season, uh, and you know whatever you draft, you get? Is is there any changes that you plan on making uh, after uh, the tw- What you saw in the twenty seventeen season?
2: Well, the, the things I would do is I definitely go three quarterbacks, and definitely I would bury the kickers, like I was saying before. Um, I try when I when I when I do the draft the best balls and I, I i like that format that's a that's a really nice format where you don't have to touch it so you draft it you're done with it and you find out what how you did uh i think what i need you, you need to try to find the players that have a high variability you need players that are going to going to bust out bust out one week with you know five catches for 150 yards in the touchdown instead of getting guys like uh maybe like frank gore who gets you know 20 carries, 80 yards, and a touchdown every three weeks or something. But it, as far as changes, it, not too much changes. I, I I still go in there. I try to get in there early, draft early. That's that's an important thing. That way you could get the uh, you could get the Kareem hunts. You could get you you could get the you know the players that are rookies or second year players, and you can load up your team in the 12. I was getting hot. I was getting in like 14th round. So. If you yeah. draft early, the later you draft, it, it happens. Like, Hunt's 14, and then the next two weeks later, he's 12. Two weeks later, he's 11, then he's 10. As 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 it gets closer and closer, you, you're, you're losing opportunities to get those players at a lower price. So that's well, how and, I handle and, the thing. And,
0: and, and waiting on those you know, the, the deep. Not only okay, what what you just said makes perfect sense, and I totally agree. With, but not only is that true, when you move through draft season and you get later and later into it, there's more information out there, and you have uh, everybody pretty much has access to it. And so, like, there's. You know, when you talk about the main event in, uh, in Vegas uh, that we put on every year. There's no sleepers there anymore. I mean, like everybody, it, the, there's reaches more than there's sleepers, you know. So the sleepers take place, you know, before the NFL draft or in the early uh, part of the, um, uh, of, of the summer, you know. And, and once August rolls around, man, everybody, there's so many people that are dialed in. It's really tough to find those high-variant players. Rich, I want to ask you to follow up on that. The, the the strategy that you mentioned of looking for these high ceiling players that you can get in the mid rounds. Do you find yourself going safer in the first few rounds to try to lock up these studs that, uh, you know, unless they suffer a catastrophic injury, they're going to be awesome and you pretty much know they're awesome. Or do you not mind taking some risks in the first few rounds as well? Well, you, usually the first, I'd say the first three rounds are pretty
2: much set. You know, guy might go, might go, go set, end of the second and one, and early in the third, the same guy in another one. But there's not too much variance. When, once you get past the first three or four rounds, then then you then you have a lot more variance and a lot more choices. And a lot, a lot of the people are, you know, if you look on the sites, they're they're, they're within one, two, three points of each other, and you can make a lot of differences. What I usually do in them, I, I I've never went quarterback. I've always weighed on quarterback. In them, sometimes you have to go a little bit early because people are grabbing them, and so if it, if you grab one or two, you know if I I don't mind getting you know the tenth and the fourteenth guy, and like I said, this year I'm going to, I'm definitely going to be throwing in some of them twenty seventh twenty eighth round guys, uh, at, as a third quarterback if they're still available. A lot of times they're not though. Sometimes they're all gone, so yeah, it, it I don't really I don't really you know I don't think there's any neat reason to like jump try to jump people on players, like grab a prior in the fourth round see what happens you know what I mean but it, if you take some steady guys I think it's better and then you take your shots in the in the later spots i also i also i, I this is the first time to this format format i don't grab tight ends i mean I, I see people grab tight end in the second, the third. I see them take two in a, you know, two in a row before they start filling out their teams. They're all, they all want that one point five points. But I've always found that if I wait, I could, I could grab a decent tight end, and in, in not that he's going to be great or anything. Although, like, they get lucky with some, uh, with with some arts in like the sit in like seventh round and some. If I didn't get hurts I you know, fall up with a walker in like the eighth round or something. So I, in your format, I think it, it, it's beneficial to the people that don't grab the tight ends early.
0: Yeah, and we've seen a lot of people ask – well, Evan Engram is another guy this year who people got in the mid-rounds that were, were able to start him the majority of the season, and it really paid off for him. Uh, let's get to some emails here, Rich, for you. Uh, the first one is from Don in Panama City, Florida. He writes, Dear Rich, with his knee acting up at various points this year and the fact that he is going to go into February playing meaningful football, is Jay Ajayi a candidate to get overdrafted next season? Thanks to the email, Don, in Panama City, Florida. Rich, this is an interesting uh, uh, conversation because Ajayi's really, really looked good the last few weeks of the regular season during the playoffs. He's looked very, very good as well. But you think with this extra workload, is that going to cause uh, any potential knee issues that you would actually maybe downgrade him in drafts a little bit next season?
2: Well, first off, let me say this.
0: E
1: A G L E S Eagles.
2: Now they got that out of the way. (laughs)
1: That's
2: right. (laughs) Now I get that out of the way. What's going to happen is it's like what happens with every time. Say a guy, he goes off in the Super Bowl. He goes off for a 120 and a touchdown, you know, and catches three or four balls. People will overdraft him next year. But, you know, if he doesn't do much, then he may be underdraft next year. The Eagles got the guy for a song. He's, he's, uh, he's a pro. The guy's a pro. He, the only problem is he does fumble. That's his only problem. He's got to work on that. But I with the knee injury, you couldn't really tell with, uh, you know, so much time in between. So you really can't say much. But, you know, I do like a giant.
0: Yeah, Jai's really come on this year, and, and uh, well, I mean, he'll. granted, he will be playing into February, but he doesn't have to really get in, go into training camp until uh, July and August uh, as well, so he will have some time to rest those knees. Uh, Jim in Albany, Georgia, he writes, do you view the performances of Antonio Brown, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Martavis Bryant in 2017 as repeatable for 2018, or do you think one of those guys will have drastically different fantasy outputs? than they did this year. Congrats and thank you. And thank you, Jim, for the email. I uh, Appreciate it. So the three, the triumvirate for the Pittsburgh receivers, it looks like it's going to be Brown, Smith, Schuster, and Bryant right now. Do you see similar seasons for them next year, Rich, or does maybe Smith, Schuster take a big leap forward and, and Bryant um, just really falls off the face of the earth? Or does Antonio Brown start showing his age? How do you view these Pittsburgh receivers for 2018? Well,
2: great receiving t- there, uh, Brown. He he's the, he's definitely to, to me he's the best receiver in football. So I I don't see him dropping off at all. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, incredible town. What's he like? Twenty years old. He just got his driver's license. Yep. Yeah, I see he's the clear number two on that team. But here's here's what I do that that I I've learned and you always hear about handcuffing and, and it usually only applies to running backs, but. If you're smart, if you're taking one of these guys with a high pick, then you get Bryant later, just in case of an injury. He, Bryant as a number two is going to put up big numbers, so that's what I do. Usually, if I if I grab a cool, if I grab a wide receiver really high, and the player's got to have you know you know proven track record for me to take the third receiver on the team, I will take a third receiver late.
0: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense uh, as far as uh, you know what, what you know how you can handcuff these guys and pr- not only protect yourself for uh, for being uh, you know still having that dominant receiver core if uh, an injury were to happen, but you can actually still remain pretty awesome uh, at receiver if that were to happen. Uh, Rich, looking ahead to 2018, as we've been doing uh, for the majority of this show, who's a guy that you'll actually probably be staying away from in the first few rounds and a guy that you think, might be flying under the radar in the mid rounds next season that, uh, you know, it could be one of those high variant players that could mean all the difference between winning a championship and not winning one next season.
2: Okay. For as far as pe- players I'm going to stay away from, I probably stay away from usually it's older players. I stay away from, you know, coming on the ends of their careers. And Jordy Nelson, I, I see him taking a big, a big drop down. Um, a lot of people were picking them at the, uh, End of the first, beginning of the second. I see him down. Everybody sees Murray going down. Um, but uh, Shady, Shady McCoy, you know, I I thought he I I thought the next year was going to be tough for him, even without the injury to their uh, center. He's done for the year. So that that's one. And uh, as far as other ones, oh oh Brian Brian on the Cowboys looks looks slow and no separation. And I'm sure drafters won't be picking him in the second round anymore he's 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 done with that you know he'll be a sixth rounder or something like that i would figure as far as the the guys i might be able to grab is it's the same it's the same thing that i you know went back you want younger guys with the proven past so some guys have down seasons or and a lot of times what happens is somebody gets hurt in the middle of the season and they miss three or four games and people don't factor that in when they look at the stats. They just see the final that he had, 997 yards rushing. When if he played the whole year, he would have had 1,200. Um, so there's there's guys like that out there, and I think David Johnson, like although it's not your middle round like you were saying, I think you know it's still first round. You might be able to get David Johnson in the set, as a seventh pick, or uh, Evans instead of going like seven eight like he did this year, he might go mid late. Second, he might be your, uh, your, your, a good push in the second. But middle round picks, I'd be looking at guys like um, Carlos Hyde, who had a major upgrade in quarterback. Uh, maybe a guy like Mixon, who is uh, who is uh, expected to do more this year, but had a lot of competition, so he didn't get the carries till later. Um, injured guy Thompson on Washington looks fantastic. I know that he doesn't, he, I know he's never going to be a workhorse, but he, he does a lot with the the catches and carries he gets.
0: Yeah, and you don't have to pay a workhorse tag for him uh, either. He certainly helped a lot of people. He was healthy this year as a top 15 running back. Uh, Carlos Hyde, we'll, we'll see if he ends up with the Niners. That's certainly looking like an offense uh, on the rise as well. Uh, and Mixon, I think, is a guy that's going to slip in drafts because people were burned a little bit by him this year, and they might let him slip next year. Totally with you on McCoy not being the greatest in the world next year. I don't think he's going to go in the first round. Uh, He's, you know, they're getting a new offensive coordinator in there, probably a new quarterback as well. Loses, like, as you said, is his starting center. Uh, Had to retire today. So a lot of things not working in Shady McCoy's favor. There is a lot of things working in Rich Mellon's favor this year, though. $11,000 for fourth place. I know that your total prizes. Uh, was significantly higher than that for some of the other leagues that you had cashed in as well. But as far as your fantasy winnings this year, Rich, what do you have any big plans for for the money, or is is it going to be reinvesting, or you know, uh, what uh, what do you envision yourself spending the money on if you haven't already spent it? Um uh, uh, my daughter's getting married, so a big chunk of that will be going oh, to Katie and
2: Jeff. Yeah, yeah, my daughter Katie is going to be marrying Jeff, so. We'll, we'll We'll take care of them i did before before the season ended. I got myself a, a sixty five inch m series t v so I could watch the games. but the problem I had was I looked at the measurements wrong <laughs> horrible thing to do, and my entertainment center don't fit it so i have it I have it rigged up a little bit it look, it looks if you don't go too close, you don't know it's a problem. <laughs> but I will be getting a new entertainment system to change that out. And uh, my wife, who runs the eBay business, Town, she's the boss, and she wants to go on a cruise. So, <laughs> so we'll probably uh, use you some go. of that for a Absolutely. cruise.
0: Yeah, well, good for you, uh, making your wife happy. Uh, I, I know that uh, as a fellow married individual it is uh, what my life revolves around sometimes so certainly awesome that uh, we got to uh, pick your brain tonight rich i, I want to thank you for joining the show dave gerzak is actually going to be on his way in here shortly but seriously thank you so much uh for coming on good luck uh congrats in 2017 good luck in all those 2018 uh uh leagues as well and who knows maybe we'll end up talking to you again on this show uh congratulating you on an even bigger win so this was a treat tonight thanks so much man Thank you.
2: Uh, And when you go, just just remember, it's squatching and it's not Squat Cobbler. So, if you come and visit, (laughs) squatch.
0: That's right. I will never get those mixed up. Be good, man. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. Later. Rich Mallon, the fourth place finisher in the Football Guys Players Championship, joining the program tonight. And uh, I want to welcome into the studio here, uh, Fresh Off, a, a jet-setting tour of the left coast of the country. The Dizzle, Dave Gerzak, back in the studio tonight. Dave, welcome. Thank you for having me, Eric. Oh, this is uh, this is my two favorite people in the world, me and you, on the show tonight. It, <laughs> it was really so was great. Love, love the left coast out there? All uh, yeah, how,
1: the left, all the lefties were. Oh
0: yeah. So I was gonna let's say let's get into it, but maybe I don't want to get into it now. Did <laughs> you have Did you have a good fine.
1: time? Yeah, it was great.
0: I heard uh, former co-host of the show, Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship Commissioner Farrell Elliott, was out there. You got to hang out with him? I did not. Oh, you did not. Did you see him? Nope. All right. So he was not out there. He was leaving, and I was coming. He was going to the
1: Senior Bowl, actually, being an agent and everything. He had right. to leave. He had a pretty early flight, and I got in late, so uh, it didn't work out. bad. But uh, I'll be seeing him in a few weeks, probably.
0: In a few weeks at? Uh, a different trade show. In different Vegas. different trade show in Vegas. Okay, perfect. Uh, so, uh, any, uh, juice, uh, or juice, any juicy stuff to report from the, uh, FSTA? Do you see any familiar faces there that, that the show would care about? Or is it just all the muckety mucks that no one, uh, really? Yeah, unfortunately it was all the same people. Ah, uh, too of bad. That.
1: Um, yeah, you know, there's, a, there's a lot of talk. There's actually a cryptocurrency session that, uh, we, want Alex and I wanted to see just because Alex knows nothing about it. You know, nothing about crypto? No, nothing. Re- wow. And then we were, we were talking to, uh, Joe Bryant name drop. Sure, uh, we were talking to him and then we missed it. So we we still don't. He doesn't know anything we about still it. Anything I know about that there's Bitcoin and I should have put some money into Ripple and that's about it. Uh, there was some talk with the uh, legislative stuff that's going on. There's a lot of states mm-hmm. that are picking up right now again. Yeah. Uh, so I think a lot of laws will be getting passed this.
0: this really, year. Yeah. It'll be a big a big year for, uh, totally. for for fantasy regulation. We'll have to see what uh, for better or for worse there. You know? Yeah. <laughs>
1: well, you know, the and other. then
0: there's the other thing is actually uh, there's a Supreme Court
1: decision coming up the past Thing they're ruling yeah. like, they overturn that, so that, that was a, a, the buzz of the show as well. Is that
0: bad for for us, for the FFPC, for, for people who? I don't, you know, I don't think so. Or that's is it more of a sports betting thing? It's more of a sports betting thing, and that's you know, a lot of people you
1: know talk about gaming and getting into that. But I mean, right. that's a whole you know, you talk about regulation, that's like on a whole other level. Right. And um, so if that got overturned, then you have to go state by state, and, and even then, who you knows? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and I don't, I don't see that. I think you know, really, we are more of a hobbyist type of thing I think you might even have DFS more so than a little about okay. like Yeah. yeah.
0: Maybe possibly, who knows? We'll uh, we'll keep you posted as much as you need to know because God knows there's not much that you need to know or want to know when it comes to this uh, kind of stuff. I want to thank uh, football guys, Roto Pass, Roto World, and Rob for tonight's rundown. Ben Roethlisberger has uh, reportedly informed teammates, according to Marquise Pouncey, today he would like to play not one, not two, but three more years in the NFL thanks to uh, the report from Ed Bouchette from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Roethlisberger had previously suggested that retirement was close during the off season and even talking about it during the regular season. <laughs> However, the Steelers fired noted Roethlisberger tangler, Todd Haley, <laughs> and uh, hired, I believe his name is Randy Fickner, the quarterbacks coach of Pittsburgh, who I guess Roethlisberger really, really likes. So this is good news for, of course, the only league we care about on this show, the Blake Harrington Dynasty League, as <laughs> I will not have to get a backup quarterback until Roethlisberger's bye week. And uh, we'll roll with him, which is great. But this is good news, really, for the Pittsburgh offense in general, Dave. Sure. It's good for Brown, Smith-Schuster, uh, Martavis Bryant, as long as he's there, Le'Veon Bell, as long as he's there. But this is a team that we had talked about, as far as dynasty purposes go, you had to be careful if you were looking to acquire Brown or Smith-Schuster because it could have been, you know, who's their backup right now? Landry Jones? It would have been a massive step down. Yeah, and now, we, now we don't have to worry about it.
1: Now, for a while, at least, he gets some certainties. He, he pulled the anti so That was nice that he's actually saying he wants to be yeah. playing.
0: Yeah.
1: So the, instead of perpetually threatening to, to retire.
0: He should perpetually <clears throat> threaten to never retire. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, Ben, any talk about, no, I'm never retiring. Well, you know, when you're playing for 500 yards
1: late in the season or whatever it was for something, I mean,
0: you're having you're playing at the top level of the game. The, you know, you really shouldn't be. Beating, beating the, the tire. T- not beating, but. Crushing the top secondary Absolutely. in the league. Right. And I mean, he's still a very, very, very good quarterback. Yeah, and he's still uh, he's still cooking along. Vikings offensive coordinator Pat Shermer was officially uh, hired as the new head coach of the New York Football Giants on Monday, according to ESPN's Adam Schefter. This was uh, not really much of a secret. This seemed to be the way that all the reports were leaning uh, towards saying that uh, the Giants were going to hire. Uh, Shermer, he did a great job this year. Got a lot out of Sam Bradford, a lot, even more out of Case Keenum. And, uh, Eli Manning, uh, Pat Shermer said today that he fuses maybe having two or three years left in him. Oh God. Um. Well,
1: you get, you get a retread name, Shermer. I know it's not
0: Fritz Shermer, but the last name is a retread for me. I believe it is his son, Pat well, Shermer. Yeah, I'm Fritz sure, it it, I'm
1: sure it is. Yeah. I don't Hashtag I mean, nepotism. I'm very unexcited about that. I mean, Eli Manning led offense. Blah. Yeah. Although they will be cheap, right? That, that's 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 the other side. Is you're going to get value with with not Eli per se, but
0: that offense. Okay, well that's what I was going to say not Odell Beckham because he's still going in the first. Ah, well I'll I'll I say I'll say I'll walk that back. Later, my you think he goes in the second round this year? It's possible. I haven't really looked at all. I think time. I think he might go in the second round this year. Coming off of an ACL injury, the Giants have failed to extend him. You know that's that's got to be a bit of a red flag too. Maybe they know something we don't. And his hair. That's, that's, really always an issue. that's less on my red flag list That's more of a pinkish flag um, <laughs> Interesting color Yeah, I so. was yeah, uh, just looking for a joke there And you made it for me, thank you um, No, but uh, You look at the rest of this Giants offense Outside of Evan Ingram and, and Beckham I'm not really excited about, like Sterling Shepard even I'm just kind of like, whatever something And you could probably get him cheap, I would imagine I think so, I like Ingram a lot and the running game still is non-existent. Maybe they take Saquon Bartley at, at the 102. That's possible. Have people been talking about that? I've, I've heard some uh, – there's some buzz on the Twitter about uh, Barkley maybe going at the 102 to uh, the Giants. They were finally, it was
1: I, I mean, their running game
0: has been just terrible yeah. for years. Since, like since uh, Tiki Barber, maybe? Was there a good Giants running back since Tiki Barber? No, that I can think of. Yeah, I, can. I, I, I can't either. Um, Ron Dane. Ron, Ron Dane's probably been the second best running back the Giants have had in the last 10 years. The could probably still get like 1,000
1: yards if he came back right now. Probably could.
0: Um, the reason I brought up the Shermer thing is this is a very uninspiring hire for you. And unless you're getting the Giants cheap, um, not they're not players really to be targeting at this point
1: well, based there's only, on Shermer. There's, I'm
0: there's sorry. only yeah, 30 some teams in the NFL whatever. So
1: you gotta, kinda, don't want to cross them off yet.
0: Yeah. The Seattle Seahawks uh, officially hired offensive coordinator Brian Schottenheimer. Oh, defense, another retread. Yeah, okay. and, and uh, offensive line coach Mike Solari on Tuesday. Uh, the Seahawks. And
1: Ken Norton, Jr., another retread.
0: Yeah, as the new defensive coordinator, uh, Chris Richard and Michael Barrow let go from that uh, Seahawks defense. This is uh, reporting done by Ian Rappaport from the NFL Network. This is um, not very good news if you – are want to be in the as as Farrell would say if you want to be in the Seattle fantasy business Russell Wilson is, is going to be a good quarterback regardless yeah I mean even
1: even Shottheimer's offense is no good Wilson will just do whatever he has
0: to do running game is not going to be great
1: um, you know we don't know we have no idea who's going to be the running game up, up like seriously how many options are there we have, we have Rawls Chris Carson
0: J.D. McKissick McKissick oh, I'm sorry, is he a receiver. He still is an FFB. <laughs> <laughs> two weeks. Once we yeah.
1: come over 20, uh, 2018. Um, you know, L- Lacey's Lacy. probably gone or, yeah. or whatever. Who knows? Yeah. And then maybe I'm sure they'll draft somebody else. But it's just like there's such a cluster there at running back. It always seemingly, I mean, Seemingly always is one flip-off.
0: I've seen uh, Darius Yice mocked to the Seahawks in the first round. they got to fix that whole line, too. <laughs> so how is it really – Guys, guys really pronounced We Jimmy Graham's also a free agent, too, by the way. That's oh, a free, free, free agent, huh? And, uh, yeah, they can't even and just, they can't franchise I don't believe they could franchise him. So it'll be Baldwin. And, then, and you know, this is the other interesting thing in the Carrington Dynasty League. I have uh, Richardson and Lockett, and I kind of want to hang on to him just to see what happens because Baldwin's getting up there in age, too. I mean, he's not a spring chicken anymore. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. But Schottenheimer is a guy that everywhere he's gone, he has left a wake of poor play and or mediocrity. Like he's never really nailed it hit it out of the park. So I, I really didn't understand. You know, this might have been a case of just shaking things up to shake things up. And I don't know if Seattle uh, is better off because of it.
1: Well, the Seahawks, of course, are, they're really
0: excited about the new coordinator. Yeah, well, Pete Carroll's really excited about, you know... He's chomping on a lot of gum right now. I'm you know, I'm like, not
1: really like I'm not,
0: he, He's excited when he just opens a piece of gum. It's like, <laughs> oh, this is, you know, this is just tremendous. This You know, there was an episode and nobody's going to care about this but i'm going to bring it up there's an episode of friends i was never a huge friends fan but my wife was so i ended up watching a lot of episodes and there was an episode where Alec Baldwin played a character who was the boyfriend of Lisa Kudrow's character uh, on the show phoebe okay and he was just this uber super positive person like Alex just, Baldwin? yes just teeming with positivity they were in this is a this is a, just an example of it they were in line at a buffet at a wedding And you know that you have those plate things where you push it, you you know, that you take one out and more is pop up. You know, it's it's like a plate loader type thing. Oh, okay. You know what I'm talking about where you – you, you don't push it down. You take a plate out and then the the stack rises. Oh on. yeah, I got okay. it. Okay, yeah, I know. Sure. So he was like pushing down on it. And he's like, what a tremendous achievement in, in buffet technology, you know, or whatever. <laughs> it's just like that, just yeah. super excited about. It. That's how Pete Carroll lives his life. Just really, I can't believe how old that guy is, and he's just still teeming with enthusiasm and excitement. Yeah, he looks young still. He does look young. It's that West Coast man living yeah. on the West Coast, eating all that fish. Yeah, fish. He probably was surfing in the Seattle uh, drinking drink.
1: water. Yeah, water.
0: the the coffee, you know, that's probably retarding the aging process for him a little bit <laughs> yeah, there exactly. in Seattle. The yeah, rain metabolism. Again, that's the other thing. You know, the rain is supposed to depress you. It's like had the opposite effect of Pete Carroll. Yeah. You know, all that rain in Seattle. Maybe has a solarium or something that with artificial light is off. Who knows? We'll get uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson on that and uh, help us figure that out. <laughs> Physically. Derek Carr admitted that a back injury that he suffered in week four did, in fact, impact his play throughout the course of the season. He says he doesn't talk about injuries during the season, but since it's after the year, yeah, the back, it bothered me a lot. Uh, this is uh, Scott Bear, and I'm paraphrasing what Derek Carr said. Scott Baer from CSNBayArea.com had this report. This
1: I heard a different rumor, actually.
0: Okay, let, let's hear this. Then... Well, I heard these brands oh, of mascara uh, and eyeliner. Yeah. You know... <laughs> I knew I was so teeing you up, and it's like one of those things where, like, a pitcher <laughs> grooves a fastball right over the middle part of the plate, and as soon as the ball leaves his fingers, he's like, oh, man, I left it hanging.
1: His deal, is, his, uh, deal with Real, uh ended, yeah. and, he, and he couldn't find a sponsor.
0: All kidding aside, this is good news.
1: I think so, too. For
0: actually. the, for the, for the rate, this is good news for Crabtree. I don't know what Amari Cooper's deal was. Um, but, you know, the fact that they get John Gruden in there and Derek Carr saying, like, look, I hope Gruden is tough on me. I want him to make me the best quarterback I can be. I don't know. Like, I think Crabtree's going to go cheaper in drafts this year than a lot of people think. And I, Cooper definitely will. It's just me a question if I want to get on board with that. I'm, I still don't know what happened last year. Can Amari Cooper come out and say, my ankle was hanging by one tendon for the basically the entire season? I feel so much more comfortable about drafting him next year if that was the case, because we don't, we didn't really get an explanation. And I know he was battling some stuff with his ankle and, you know, he came back from that ankle injury and then he hurt it again right away uh, on that primetime game where uh, he was actually having a somewhat decent game and never came back to it. So this is good news for Derek Carr. It's good news for Crabtree. It's, it's certainly not bad for Cooper. I just am not sure how I feel about Cooper yet.
1: Yeah. I, I don't think I'm trying to, I traded away Cooper in the leagues that I right. had him in, and I don't think I'm trying to get him back. I'm actually kind of interested in Derek Carr. He's 26 years old. He's pretty young. Uh, and this is kind of, you know, this is the year when he should have kind of done an Aaron Rodgers-type breakout. And because of the injury, that affected him. You have Gruden. I actually respect Gruden's game. And respect. I hate that I hate him as an announcer. <laughs> right. He's a, hate you know, his personality. Great. Love his uh, yeah, he's, uh, chops. He's douchey. He's chops. A, anyway, um, he also broke a world record today. For so the Carr. fastest person ever to open five piñatas
0: in mm. the Pro Bowl. Yeah. For, speaking of USA Today for the win, had that coverage there. I see. <laughs> so, um, Breaking. That's hard, hard. sports journalism. Exactly. Right
1: that's. I mean, that whole article's probably great. Yeah. Uh, I would think. He, how much do you think he costs? I bet you could maybe get him even for like a 2018 third.
0: Oh, Derek Carr. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you definitely.
1: Well, a 2018 second for sure. Yeah. But I mean, you know, in in the leagues that I play, and quarterbacks are I don't want to say a dime a dozen, but they're pretty darn close. So if somebody had Derek Carr and two other quality quarterbacks, it's so like the two eleven, you're probably getting Derek Carr if you have somebody at quarterback. Yeah. So I might, I might actually take a take a look at him. And you never know, he could be. I mean, if
0: Cooper comes back, Crampton's still there, and with Gruden, he could be a top six, top seven quarterback. It's totally possible. And for have, the next ten years. Right. Exactly. I have two third round picks in uh, Carrington rookie draft this year, and uh, I would gladly give either of them, dare I say both of them, up. For Derek Carr right now, since I only have Roethlisberger at quarterback. I'm on board. Uh, the Cardinals reported this week that David Johnson had the wrist injury, is back at full strength. Very good to hear on that end. However, no Bruce Arians. They got a new coach, Steve Wilkes, the defensive coordinator from Carolina, will be the coach there. Maybe no Carson Palmer. I think that's official, right? Carson Palmer announces retirement. He's gone.
1: I, yeah, he does. Yeah, because the I, stock market was up this year. He had so much money, had right, exactly.
0: 30%. I don't think Arizona has any quarterbacks in their contract. We don't know if Fitz is coming back. Dave, is David Johnson a first-round pick for you right now?
1: Oh, it's pretty dicey. I probably would. Yeah, I would take him in the first round. I, I wouldn't I, take him earlier.
0: I think I would, too. However, I could – I mean, there's so many other guys I'd rather have in the first round, even at just at running back. I'll, 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 hold, hold on. I'll say this. I'll say this. Sure. I, I, at receiver, I definitely want Brown and Hopkins over David Johnson. Okay? Sure. You I, that I definitely. I, want, you want that. I definitely want Gurley, Bell, and Kamara over David Johnson next year. Really? So that's five players right yes. there. Z? Elliott? Yes, I know. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> uh, I don't know. There it gets close. Then I might take David Johnson. I don't know, man. It's not like the Cowboys' offense is, is going to be amazing next year.
1: They'll be fine. Their offensive line is great. Yeah.
0: Elliot was crushing You know, keep in mind that David
1: Johnson scored over, in excess of 400 points the prior year. I'm only advocating that. I'm just saying that from a redraft perspective, you know, even, even given all those things going on, right. you know, he still is a pretty darn good multi-purpose three-down back, and they're so rare in the NFL – and he really it was a wrist issue. It wasn't an ACL, it wasn't yeah. a knee or anything, you know, leg or ligaments or anything like that. It's a wrist. So, I mean, I think it, you know, I think he'll be pretty reasonably priced. I mean, once we see what happens uh, this offseason, things will get more clear, well, clear. But I'm actually kind of possibly buying him. Drafting right,
0: right. To right. You're drafting right now, and you narrow it down to okay, when it comes to be my pick, I'm either taking David Johnson or Ezekiel Elliott. They're both there. Which one are you taking? If it's right now I'm taking probably Elliott. Dude. I think this, I would too. you got a certainty there. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's get to some emails here before we get out of here. First one's from Nick in Queens, New York. Hey, guys, what do you guys think the Bengals' offense will look like next year if they do move on from both Eifert and Hill? Thanks so much. Thank you for the email, Nick in Queens. I'm to be honest with you. It's probably going to look a lot like the offense this year. Because <laughs> Eifert did basically – did he even – yeah, he played for a few weeks and then he got hurt. Jeremy Hill was a, uh, a non-factor – uh this season and even when he he was non-factor when he played and then he got ir this is an offense that's going to feature aj green it's going to feature um joe mixon going forward giovanni bernard looked very very good i think they need to shore up that offensive line and what i mean do you think john ross is going to be a bust right now yes
1: 100 okay and if then, i could get
0: literally anything for john ross you I would take you it. would give a, um what about uh Tyler Boyd, because he kind of came on the last couple of weeks of the season. This is a guy who was like, wasn't he a second round pick?
1: Yeah, he was a second round pick. Start? Yeah, he was, his, uh, people were concerned about his, uh, speed wasn't all that great. Yeah. But he had good, he had good hands. He was, you know some level of pedigree. I yeah. think I would definitely rather have Boyd than Ross. Ross, I mean, if they're talking about switching positions, yeah. You're, it, that's it. Yeah. I'm cutting, cutting bait as soon as I can. If anyone's willing to trade for him, ditch him. Okay.
0: Uh, let's talk about, uh, uh, what will in Mapleshade, New Jersey, has to say? What's up, Bulky and Dizzle? What are your thoughts on Randy Fickner? Ah, I knew it was Randy Fickner. And the impact he's going to have on the Steelers replacing Todd Haley as the OC. Thanks to the email, Will in Mapleshade, New Jersey. When, when Haley was being talked about being let go, Ben Roethlisberger said, I think as little change as possible would be the best. Okay, sure. So then they lose Haley, who, again, we've, we've heard reports of these two not really meshing together well, and that Fickner was actually the, the liaison between the two. Uh, so now you hire uh, Fickner as, as the offensive coordinator. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is all good. This is all good things. Yeah, and continuity is what you need. What's the percentage chance that Le'Veon Bell is not a Steeler next year? Uh, two? of no, 10, Ten? I was going to say Ten? Um, I think it's a little bit higher than two. But, uh, you know, they, they Pittsburgh is the type of organization that, you know, with this such being such a deep running back class and them not wanting to pay Le'Veon Bell, I could see them just saying, you know what, to hell with you. And then they take somebody, you know, like um, – uh, the the guy from USC in the second round, uh, Ronald Jones. Or I think that's his name, Ron Jones. They could, I
1: mean, they, could, they could do that. That would be a mistake, though, in my opinion. I mean, salary well, cap keeps on going up and up and up. They have enough money to pay him. Give me a break.
0: Yeah. Okay. They really do. I mean, these teams – I just I, – I feel like if, if you haven't paid a running back who's coming into his age 26 season already, well, what's the deal with them? You obviously have some sort of hang-up the well, I mean, same
1: thing he, I brought up with Becca. He's had a few injury issues. He's been in pothead you know, here and there. That, yeah. that doesn't go well with that organization. It's just not not what they yeah. want to be about. So now
0: they could move on from it.
1: They could move on from it. Yeah. He is a superstar, fantastic, awesome, amazing running back with unbeatable vision. I mean, no one has more patience than Lady Unbel. To a fault. To no one's fault. <laughs> there is no fault. <laughs> Faultless.
0: I uh, know. There's sometimes I feel like he. He just can sit there for like six seconds and
1: yeah. he bursts and gets 20 yards.
0: Yeah, that doesn't always work that way. But, yes, <laughs> I, I would agree with you there. Um, As far as the uh, offensive coordinator switch goes, this is a good thing, and it's all great for everybody who is wearing a Steelers jersey next year. Yeah, there is, I mean, the play calling will even be the same. You know what I mean? The, they'll probably I hope gone. not, no, it just, was pretty bad in that jacket. I'm talking, I'm talking about the, the verbiage. I mean, I'm just saying oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. the players themselves will call the same players. John, in Framingham, Massachusetts, are you guys looking to sell low on any of the Falcons' skill guys after their over-regression to the mean this past season under Steve Sarkeesian, who is coming back in 2018 as their offensive coordinator? More nepotism. Go pass. That's John in Framingham, Massachusetts. How is that nepotism? Sarkeesian?
1: Yeah. Didn't he have an older person that was – or is he the
0: original? No, I I only know one Sarkeesian. (laughs) Well, maybe I'm wrong. (laughs) You know, what's funny is – Steve Sarkeesian was the Alabama offensive coordinator and then became the Falcons offensive coordinator. Brian Dayball was the offensive coordinator for Alabama this past year and they won the national title. And now he is the Bills offensive coordinator. So apparently Nick Saban, not only churning out NFL prospects, churning out NFL offensive coordinators down there in Alabama as well. What were you looking up? Oh, Oh, I thought it was something to do with this. Okay. (laughs) So you look at the Falcons uh, this past year. We knew that they weren't going to be the uh, world beaters that they were last season. And I think Julio Jones still had a great year. Devontae Freeman, I think you could chalk up the injury a little bit. I thought Tevin Coleman had a real nice season. Matt Ryan, from a real fantasy standpoint, or real football standpoint, wasn't great. I thought fantasy-wise, he wasn't terrible. I thought he was all right. I mean, nobody's drafting him in, like, the fourth round or anything like that. So I'm not really looking to sell low on any of these guys. I don't know how low I'd be selling on them, really,
1: as far as Dynasty goes. Yeah, I agree with you. So. I get give, I give cheap offers for Devonta Freeman, and I don't take them ever. Like, yeah. What I would consider
0: cheap. Like, okay, give us an example. Well, I mean, like, there was for, one
1: embarrassing, like, like Park Devontae Parker, you know, like that
0: was... Terrible. For Devonta Freeman? Yeah. Good. yeah.
1: Unfortunately.
0: Um, what was the other thing I was going to say about the uh, the Falcons here? Um, uh, so, hey Julio, uh, yeah, times late
1: in the season. That's what she I want. To hurt
0: that's what I want to talk to you about. If you own him in Dynasty, he's a hold right now, right? You're not looking to move him. You're not looking to acquire him. I'm, I'm you know,
1: as much as I rag about Julio, I'll probably ride him off. And, okay, for anything, I will let yeah. him ride himself ah, off into ah, the sunset on my Dynasty team forever All right. I'm not going to probably get rid of him. No one, no, you No No, own
0: him in a lot of Dynasty. Just like, one. Just yeah, one. Actually, okay. I, I probably wouldn't sell him. Yeah. Uh, Bill in Berea, Ohio. If both of these free agents get franchise tag, which one do you like better for next season? Allen Robinson or Sammy Watkins? Uh, thanks for the email, Bill. And I'm assuming Robinson, you know, obviously if they get tagged, they're they're staying with these teams. We're not assuming a tag and sign for this sure. question. Robinson on the Jags, Watkins on the Rams. Who do you like better?
1: Uh, I will with the player that – is the number one okay, receiver. so Robinson. The number one receiver on his own team. <laughs> and Cooper Cup is not an
0: option. Yeah. And he's the number one well, on the Rams. Well he can't be franchise tag yet. He's the
1: number one on the Rams. Sammy Watkins I don't he's this mystery to me. It's just again I don't own him anywhere because 'cause I've dealt him away and I'm not gonna be buying him back. I just I I had pretty high hopes for him. I just he's not he's
0: had the injury issues and now he just doesn't perform.
1: Yeah, if you're going to be a good football player, you got to play good. He's not a good
0: football player. Right. Um, Allen Robinson is probably, what What do you think, a third-round pick next season in, in redraft? That's what I would project him for I mean, I, I, in this scenario if he's tagged. I mean, would say a tad lower. A tad lower. Okay, like maybe uh, fourth. early fourth, mid-fourth. Fourth. Yeah, okay. fourth, That's my opinion. But
1: I do, the, the, the team itself is talking up Allen Robinson. Like they're talking about getting remar- rid of Marquise Lee. Right. Cole and Westbrook both played well in in Robinson's absence. Well, oh, and they and wouldn't burns, be getting they, they would they,
0: they, 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 they that's the guy they could Coverns. be getting yeah. Well, they, but in Coverns, they can cut
1: burns. They can get rid of Marquise Lee. He's a free agent as yeah, well. Yeah, they would
0: just wouldn't sign him. Yeah, and yeah. so
1: then you have Cole, Westbrook, Al Robinson. So you have a number one receiver, and then these two burners. That's perfect. Yeah. What else do you need? Um, a good tight end.
0: If only they had a good running game to supplant that. Well, oh but, wait,
1: most importantly, <laughs> they have Blake Bortles
0: as of right now. Who's he, awesome. Yeah, he <laughs> certainly has been great. Um, what I was going to say about the. Uh, we talk about the ADP. You're saying Robinson fourth round. And I'm saying third round. Sammy Watkins eighth round. Yeah, probably. I, I mean, like, as, you want to talk draft value, that's a completely different discussion. But I'm sure clearly taking wrong. Robinson over Watkins next year.
1: Right now, if I was if I was drafting, I'm taking a couple of Watkins. If you know, if I was choosing between the two,
0: yeah, I, it'd be stupid not to, wouldn't it? What about Robert Woods? Because he was great this season too. Yeah, he was coming around for sure. I don't, I don't like, like Robert Woods all that much. You could make the case that he might even be the number one over Cooper Cupp. Um, One could make that case, sure. I, 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 I'll I have to uh, research that with my
1: uh, – Well, that's the thing. You know, Goff is good, but you can't have, you know, three productive wide receivers. You really can't. So I just don't think Watkins, because those other guys – And good. Gurley, when Gurley's catching 70, right. 80 balls, too. So yeah, so what option you know, are you? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cornett's uh, Four, not a pass catcher, so you're great. Right. I mean, you're much lesser than Gurley. Yeah. So no, I get but... it. Uh, final email tonight, Bobby in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Hey, high stakes henchman. I'm looking to start drafting in February for the first time with you this year, and I'm curious as to which Packers running back you would target: Ty Montgomery, Jamal Williams, or Aaron Jones. Thanks for the email, Bobby. First question I have for you, Dave, is: Do you think these are the three running backs Green Bay goes to camp with next season? Montgomery. Williams and Jones um, Or do you think they add somebody in the draft I'm not asking specifics Well, it, you know, It's weird because uh, Now that
1: they have a new you know, new scouting team Draft right. you know, So I, I feel like there's a chance Even though know, they spent so much draft capital On, on Williams and, uh, and Jones I think they
0: might sink think some more a, I think there's
1: a shot But I don't think they're going to spend a first round pick on it
0: Next question What's Ty Montgomery's position going to be this this coming season? Do you think he sticks at re- running back for the Packers, or are they moving back to receiver? Because he, I
1: think he and, stays at
0: running back. He, he took some bad shots and he missed a lot of time last year. I don't know if that was a freak thing or or not. But um, the running back for me to target on this team, Jamal Williams. Talking about uh, he wants to. Um, you know, and this is something all running backs should be saying if they're not saying, and it might just be uh, fluff, but he wants to be be more. He wants to be, uh, have more speed next year, more agile, um, maybe a little bit more of a shiftier player than he was this past season. Uh, so these are all good things with Williams. I don't think Aaron Jones has what it takes to be out there uh, as much as Williams. Remember, Williams is such a fantastic pass blocker, and we saw him catch a lot of passes this year too. I mean, he looked really, really good. He's the type of guy that Green Bay could really ride the next three or four years uh, with Aaron Rodgers and uh, had a very very dominant offense. I, you know, I personally
1: uh, I don't know if I can get on board with him. He, he averaged 3.6 yards per carry. So did Ty Montgomery and Aaron Jones averaged five and a half. And at a certain point, that that number really matters. Yeah. So I just, I know that I just I don't think Jamal Williams is an NFL caliber athlete at running back. I don't think he's good enough as an athlete. To be starting running back material, I think the team made a big mistake by drafting him in the first round. Okay. So Jones actually does have the explosiveness. I just don't know if they're gonna give him the opportunity. I mean, I, I didn't really, I'm not really sure as what his injury is necessarily. What was it like? In, I, really
0: like I thought I he had, well, he had a knee injury that he missed uh, three or four weeks with, uh, with like okay. a PCL or something. Yeah, like so that. Yeah, so something like insanely serious. No, I mean he came back. He well, he yeah. didn't end the season on injured reserve like Ty Montgomery
1: did. <laughs> Yeah, he, he's not as good of a pass catching back. So at that point, then if, if I guess I'm really not that excited about the Packers' run game right now because you just know, have no idea. Even going forward, I maybe would take a shot at Aaron Jones. That's just my, my guess.
0: Since a lot of people are on Jamal Williams, does that make Aaron Jones the value for you right now? He will be cheaper. At least. Yeah, 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 for sure. Okay. So take a stab. You're going to take a stab. It's Aaron Jones. And Montgomery has a
1: whole body of work averaging 3.6 yards a carry, which sucks. Yeah, That I was. You know, we weren't talking about time Montgomery at all. I mean, you Kenny, know, the last season. Yeah,
0: we? I mean, we were kind of. The way I remember it was. You know, we, we we didn't really know what the Packers' plans were going to be as far as, you know, they, you know, they were saying that Montgomery was the guy, but, you know, you say a guy is the guy, and then it's well, different. Was, when, they wanted him to be. But, they wanted him to be. I well. mean, he just wasn't. They wanted him to be, and then what did they do, Dave? They sunk three draft picks into running backs. Right. So I think the right handwriting was on the wall there. It's like you can't really trust that that guy is going to be the guy when you're, you know, but they has been create what picks were I was a uh, – Jamal Williams was a third round. Aaron Jones, I believe, was a fifth fourth. And then Devontae oh, really? Mays was a sixth. Oh, yeah, wow. It, that's yeah, stupid. that's what it was. It was Williams' was three, uh, Jones was four. Well, you made the um, assertion or assumption that you thought they were deciding between Williams and Jones in the third round, and uh, – they ended up taking Williams. And then when it was up, they were up in the fourth round, they didn't trade up for Jones. Like, hey, Jones is still there. Yeah,
1: let's grab him yeah. too. Oh, we got him right next to each other. Yeah, you? exactly. Of course he did.
0: Yes. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for our show this week. I want to thank uh, Rich Mallon, SFPC, Dave Gerzak, Rob Bryce, and, of course, each and every one of you uh, for joining the program this week. Uh, we have a special Thursday night show next week. No show on Friday. We will have a Thursday night show at 10, 9 central and it is a big one, ladies and gentlemen, 2017 Football Guys Players Championship, $250,000 champs Michael Abbott and Justin Smiley will be on the show this, remember, this Thursday. Do not tune in on Friday. There is no show. It is Thursday night at 9 Central. Yes, Thursday. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Welcome to the, the the promo for that. So Thursday, 10-9 Central, we're going to have uh, uh, the FPC champs on, Michael Abbott, Justin, finally pick up some new dynasties. MyFFPC.com slash dynasty today. Still plenty of good teams out there. I just saw another great one today. Uh, follow the Twitter feed for uh, more information on that. Twitter.com slash FFPC. Your weekend starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. That was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week.
1: Big dog stay on the porch. Uh, load whips.
0: Where you get that from? so the trip was good to to wrap things up. It was very beneficial and great.
1: Yeah, except for Leroy
0: giving me three crappy basketball bets that so I lost.
1: Just kidding, buddy. the only won one and two.
0: I was going to say uh, the uh, worst part for you, no Feral time. Like the, it's kind of sucks. So depressing. Miss we missed you, Feral.